Survivors, welcome. You left last night looking tense and nervous, and who turns up today? The Waltons. Australian Survivor Archives, the only podcast going over the complete history of Australian Survivor from Whaler's Way right through to the current day. Well, we hope you've recovered from last week's three hours of epicness, learning everything there was from a certain David Oldfield, because we are about to get into some more epicness, the penultimate episode of Australian Survivor Season 2, Celebrity Survivor from 2006. We're up to episode... 11. This first aired on the 26th of October 2006. And as we always say, it's an interesting one. Um, This episode is all about the Waltons. It's all about counting. It's all about volcanoes. And it's all about the Battle of Vanuatu. The great battle of 2006 that I think no one remembers, but we're about to bring it to you right now. My name's Ben and I'm short, wet and in the water. Hey, Ben. Hey, listeners. As always, Matt Dyson here. And, Ben, you forget it's all about the happy campers as well. Yes. Plenty of happy campers out there. But, uh, yeah, look, it's an interesting episode. It really is because we see something that – have we ever seen this again since where jury are getting involved with who's going? I mean, I suppose these days we have fire-making challenges, you know. So I'm looking forward to talking about that and whether you think this was a good idea, whether this is something that should be brought back in – modern day survivor seeing, you know, because let's be honest, everything gets a little bit old and we've seen a lot of fire making challenges in recent years with modern day survivor. So who knows, maybe something like this is, this could be something that's brought back in the survivor, but uh, I guess that's a debate to have later on, but uh, yeah, what's the second last episode, Ben? I can't believe we're nearly, we're nearly there. It's, it's, uh, it's been it's a bit crazy. of a long road. So it, it is crazy. It's sort of, who would think, you know, when, when you get into these, you know, to these last few episodes and, you know, we've just interviewed David Oldfield, which was an amazing interview. If you haven't listened to it, go back and watch it. It's three hours that you don't want to miss. Um, but, yeah, look, it's plenty to talk about today, Ben. Let's let's just put this into context. Um, this time next season, we won't even be halfway uh, through the season and yet we are one week away from finding out a winner. Uh, you know, we, we did say at the very beginning of this that this is obviously a shorter, shorter season, but... Um, just uh, for our Channel 10 fans who are maybe going over this journey with us thinking like, what, we're nearly at the end? You're only at episode 11. That's that's a halfway point of a season. But um, I, I will say that 
I think almost interviewing David last week made this episode worse because it's kind of, you obviously, you hear from David, you know, his feelings about being voted out and then kind of the decision by the girls and kind of watching this episode, then you realise actually how kind of a bit silly this move by the girls was in the long term because there really was no other outcome that was going to happen in this episode. There really wasn't. Like, this is really a case of nobody was budging and... As much as I like the strategic talk in this episode, it's kind of pointless because this really is 42 minutes of just cool challenges, um, cool reward, um, a bit of a Walton's reference, and the rest is just kind of four people just stating the bleeding obvious until we get a pretty cool tribal council. Um, so, yeah, I like I, I'm going to say this right now. It's an interesting episode. But I'm going to say this, maybe to this point, the weakest episode we've ever had of Australian Survivor. Because really, what happens in this episode outside of a cool reward and a cool final tribal council? Absolutely agree with you, Ben. You're, you're right. When I said interesting, it's interesting because we see something that hasn't happened before yeah. or since. Um, but I mean, besides Guy Leach wanting to tap everyone on the back and play it straight. And I mean, he basically wants to tap everyone on the back and just, you know, he says, oh, Let's cut the shit. You know, we know who everyone's voting for and let's play it straight down the line. And But is that the brilliance of Guy Leach? Because oh, yeah. he, th- th- I, I he guess knows. we don't, we don't want to brush over this, over that because Guy Leach has basically conned them into getting rid of David Oldfield, yeah. you know, which was, which had to be done. Otherwise Guy Leach was never going to win. So he's, he's talked him into that. Now he's talking him into like, oh, it's all right. Like, and not that it really matters because, like you said, Imogen was never going to vote against Nicole. Nicole was never going to vote against Imogen. So it was always always going to be two boy, two votes on one of the boys. Guy wins, you know, he, he wins immunity, giving it away obviously already, but yeah, he wins immunity. And uh, so, and the boys weren't going to vote for each other. So you're right. But that's the brilliance of Guy Leach to, for him to have got himself in this position to begin with. And that all happened last episode when he talked the girls into that. And the girls clearly made a decision that last episode, not thinking forward and not thinking to this episode, like, hang on a sec, it's going to be a two, two vote. What happens then? How many votes we had? Um, so yeah, it's, you're right. It's, it's a bit of a nothing episode because what really can they do this? It's not like there's an idol out there. Um, there's not another twist. I mean, we already had the terrible twist. So it really is just a bit of a 42 minutes of filling up of, Oh, like, there's a great reward challenge, so that that's amazing. So I don't. I mean, it's not a terrible episode, but as far as strategic play goes, there's nothing. Look, there are. There's already an episode next season. I can straight away say is a far. I mean, there's about two or three episodes in your season which are absolutely almost unwatchable in my eyes of Australian Survivor. So I mean, this is not going to go down as the worst. Just probably to this point. After what what are we now at about twenty odd episodes of Australian Survivor history? This is probably the weakest. But yeah, everything you summed up there, you're right. And like what we we're saying in the last episode recap about how the the strategic brilliance of what Guy and Justin do to get to this point to enable the girls to vote with them, I think really gets overlooked in the grand scheme of things. So basically the last vote, you know, pretty much wins Guy or Justin the game. And they know, like, Guy, when we get to this scene about Guy sitting on the beach going like, you know, no talk, no, like, Guy's not doing that if he's on the outs. Like, guy, yeah. Guy's doing that because he knows he's got this thing secured, basically. I mean, the, the, the tense part of this episode is them basically counting and working out, which, I mean... 
I think this episode really kind of sums up a lot of what people have issues with old school Survivor. Like you just said it, there's no idols. There's going to be no twists. Like modern Survivor, they've got dead man walking at this point. They've got freaking, you know, any sort of twist that's going to change the game up. Whereas now it's it's literally, okay, we've got to work out who's got votes against them. And I think I spoke about that last season and it's been, it's, it's an element I actually really like about old school Survivor is the whole pass vote thing. Because I think that's, an overlooked strategic part of the game in old school survivors. You've got to manage your votes. Like you've got to manage who's voting against you because this could come back to haunt you. And I honestly feel this is a great tiebreaker, keeping track of votes against you. And particularly in modern survivor, when you can split votes and kind of, you know, have, have three way vote, like it's, it's always harder to manage. So I actually like it. But having said that people who are staunch, um, advocates for non-old school survivor would hate this episode because a jury voting someone out would really piss a lot of people off you mentioned this is the only time this has ever happened in australian survivor um and look i don't know like i i in a way kind of weirdly like it like it's sort of again like it's something that to me is more of a i guess i don't say realistic but it's more fair almost than a fire challenge it's it's fairer than a rock draw um because again the game of Survivor is about managing your jury and kind of getting the votes at the end. So why not have an element where all of a sudden, well, you've also got to manage it. Cause I mean, Nicole doesn't go home. If like, let's flip this around and say there was, you know, Justin got voted out last week and, and guy, and, and there was still a tie somehow. Like I feel as though Nicole doesn't go home that way because she doesn't have somebody like David on the jury, uh, who is pissed off against her. So it's still about that jury management, isn't it? So yeah, I, I think this episode is, it's, it's an odd one. It's an interesting one. It's, it's a weak one. But again, I'm with you. Like the reward in this episode is amazing. Say what you will about the twist at the end. It's it's memorable. You remember this as the one where the jury votes out a person. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's, there's not all doom and gloom about this episode. It's just, it's, it's kind of an episode we knew what was going to happen, essentially. Kind of like when, I guess, Elton got voted out. You know, it's kind of like, we knew it was going to happen, but there's some stuff around it which is like, okay, well, actually, that wasn't too bad. One thing I'll add to that, I'm a fan of the past votes. I really am. I really would love to see that brought back. I just don't know if it works when there's only four people left in the second last episode. You know, that's because, like you said, it, it leads to this where there's really, when you've got two and two, you know, two sides and they're not going to budge. It, it makes it hard for the editing and production to make it a, a fantastic episode. And you want a fantastic episode for the last, you know, the, the last episode leading into the finale, you want to get people excited, pumped up for the season. So I don't know how they would get around that, whether they say it's, it's only pass votes up to a certain point, but, um, but yeah, anyway, it, that was a rule back then and, and it's happened. And, um, it obviously benefited the boys. And it's crazy to think that someone who's already been voted out of the game ended up having the same amount of votes that someone hadn't been out of the game. I mean, that's crazy in itself. And I don't know whether that's only because there was only 12 players to begin with, you know, it was a shorter game. So maybe obviously that's the reason. So there's multiple things that, that happened and that, that could be the reason why all that, all that sort of came to be. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I just think, at this point in the game, they needed to do something else. But talking about that point in the game, Ben, we start off night 21. So obviously David's just been voted out. Now we get back. It looks like Nicole's, she, she's got a bit of a guilty conscience. She's, she obviously 
didn't tell um, David that she was voting for him. And, and I think up until this point, Nicole's been someone who's been very open, probably too open at, at for the majority of this game. You know, in tribal council, she's pretty honest. Um, you know, she, she's playing that honest game. And it seems like this is almost the first point in the game that she hasn't been honest. And now she's, you know, she's not regretting it, but you can definitely tell she's feeling guilty. The innocent days of old school Survivor when people felt bad for not telling someone they were getting voted out. Uh, <laughs> I mean, something that's very rare today that anybody, you know, I mean, we're still kind of in that period where alliances obviously meant a little bit more, relationships meant a little bit more, people didn't really sort of play the whole it's just a game card like most people do today. I'm not saying this still doesn't happen today, but it's very rare compared to what we had back then. But um yeah, like, the one thing I'll sum this episode up to is just, and kind of a lot of what we got here in this episode, is that um, I think that the girls realise they make a mistake in this episode and all of a sudden they go, shit. Because, like, I think it's summed up later on when Im sort of in the immunity challenge is like, fuck, I should have been taking Guy out. I basically gave him immunity. Like, it's kind of, I think they kind of just, it, it, it caught up with them a little bit where they didn't. And that's, it's not to take away from how good they've been this game. I mean, I still stand by the fact that I think that these two are maybe the strongest, most unbreakable alliance in the history of Australian Survivor. Uh, Imogen rightfully voted as a Hall of Famer last year in our inaugural Hall of Fame, a great underrated player. And I think David added some very great elements. I mean, she was making alliances in, in pre-game. Like, I mean, that really sums up Imogen and kind of how underrated she is as a player. But You've got to say that some stuff that happens in this episode in the end of last week kind of does take away slightly from their overall gameplay and uh, kind of, I think, solidifies my opinion that we've been saying that David's probably the best player of this season overall. But again, yeah. not ta- not taking away from either of them because it's, it's kind of hard when you've got, you know, Nicole regretting this and then you've kind of got Imogen here. Like, it's, what does she say where she says, like, um, she says something about, oh... I, I had to lie to him. I don't see that as betrayal. I see that straight. I mean, that's a great line. That That's a survivor line from Imogen right there. But then kind of that's counterbalanced by later on where she obviously, yeah, didn't really exactly realise at the end of the day that mm, I should have been taking this guy out of immunity. Why wasn't I doing that? So it's kind of yeah. it's interesting, isn't it? I think that's what's disappointing because Imogen is a game player. Like she got herself off the bottom. She should have been first boot. She got herself, you know, off the bottom of the game to a, to a point where she could have easily won the game. And it's just, as you know, the last couple of episodes is the last few days of this game is what, what has let her down. And I think she's yeah. realized that now and she's annoyed at herself because she's the game player. Nicole's not the game player. Nicole, you know, her, her, she's loyal. And, and that's what makes her a good player. She, she got into an alliance and she's loyal and, and it got her far in the game where Imogen has shown that she can, manipulate, you know, put votes on other people, you know, um, get the tension off her. So that's what's disappointing, I guess, watching this is now it's like, ah, oh, she could have won this game or she at least could have got herself in the final two. And and you can see it. You can see it in this episode. She's realised she's made a big mistake and it's it costs her the game. You know who she is? She's the golden god because, um, you know, the golden god, like in a weird way, because like the golden god comes out in Champions vs. Contenders and he's basically like, yeah, like Mr., you know, like doing everything and thinking he's got it played, but then he just kind of, he just overcompensates and kind of just goes out in a blaze of glory, then comes back on All-Stars and goes, okay, well, this is what I did wrong. I'm going to take this. And then he goes on to win the game. That's Imogen. Imogen's not as flashy. Imogen's not as gameplay. Imogen's more of the I'm making mistakes and shit, I should have done this. 
and then that ultimately gets a shitty twist, which, again, if people missed last week's episode, I teased in the episode before, I'm going to say at the end of this episode what I think, and I did say to David last week that, yes, I think that that twist is the worst twist in Australia, even worse than Dead Man Walking. Um, And it all comes down to the timing of it. Again, we talked about that two weeks ago, listen to that. But, like, I think that, you know, if Imogen comes back on another season... Imogen can clearly win the game because I think she learned from these mistakes. She These little things that she goes, fuck, I should have done this, I should have done that. She learns the game. Boom. She She's a, a solid favourite to win again. So I don't know if that's a weird comparison because, like, I, you know, obviously one's very flashy and in your face and kind of drops those one-liners and Imogen's more of a, a loyal player who kind of stays to her values and that. But, like, just that line she says. When she says... You know, I had to lie. It's not betrayal; it's strategy. I mean, that's that's a that's a boss line. Like that's that's a Queen Imogen line. Like that to me sums up how she's so good at this game. But then again, as we've just been saying, there's some stuff in this episode where it's like, oh, she's so close to being so complete as a player. So it sounds like you're calling her the Golden Goddess. Hey, there you go. Ding, ding, ding. Chicken dinner winner. That's um, that's perfect. I like that. Queen, the golden goddess. Like, that's that's it. The, the OG queen god. Do we ever have ever have a queen god, a golden goddess ever moving forward in, in Australian society? Well, we I, do. Think, I think we've just named one. But uh, hey. talking, talking about titles here, Guy has a oh, good yes. little line. Guy has a little good line. He's, they're talking about, oh, they, they admit that David was the best player. They basically admit here... Yeah. They had to get rid of him. He, he, he was the best. He was pulling the strings. He was playing both sides. You know, where I still think he was – like, I don't know, was he playing both sides? That's that's debatable, especially after talking to David. I think David was a pretty loyal guy. I think he was Talking to David solidified yeah, he wasn't. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I don't think he was. But Guy has a great line here. He says, you know, that if if David would have gone on to win the whole thing, that he would have patted him on the back and told him, you're the king. You know, so – It's I love another that nickname out of know, the game. The, Can we know, just point this out? out? That's why I brought it up. So even out of the game, now he's the king, King David. He's getting, that's what, six, seven now? Like, uh, I mean, this is this is the beauty of David Oldfield, that even once voted out, the guy is still getting given nicknames. I wish we had a Ford watch this episode. So when we interviewed him last week, we, you know, had that. And, like, Luke Toki, you know, the great player that he is, Golden God, like, I think they've referred to themselves as the king before. I mean, they, they, they refer to themselves as the king, like, here is David Oldfield, the the Lord Mayor of the Jungle, the seventh wonder of the ancient world. Is now the king, so you know, like I mean, it, it makes sense. But uh, I just I just love the fact that David Oldfield is still getting nicknames outside once he's been voted out. But I mean, yeah, like it's it's a great line, and I love like one thing I say about Guy. Guy is, guy is genuine as hell. Like, I mean, again, Guy is, is only saying all this stuff sort of now when he's like, we obviously get uh, outside of the tribal talk, you know, when he's kind of sit down Imogen and Nicole on the beach and it's just basically like, we don't need to talk anymore. Like, no bullshit. It's a clean fight. Like, we all know where we stand. Let's just get on with it. Again, he's only saying that because he's in, in power, but he is genuine. Like, kind of that line when he's sitting around the camp and he's just like, yeah, I'd, I'd pat him on the back. And, like, he even says he's here to the girls, doesn't he? Like, if one of you win, I'm going to shake your hand and congratulate you and, you know, say a game well played. And, like, Guy Leach is a type of guy that you just believe that. Like, Guy Leach would do that. He's done nothing but be honest. And it's kind of – it's interesting when we get to the uh, final tribal – of the tribal in this episode when sort of Dicko asks that question, like, can you win this game being honest – Guy Leach is one of the two that's like, yep, absolutely. And Imogen's one is like, nah, nah, you can't do it. So um, I like Guy Leach, like, I mean, again, 
he by default he's the the worst winner of Australian Survivor just by default the, the the pure fact that he did not play this game the full length of time and it, and it's that's all it comes down to but imagine if we had a full season of Guy Leach not being voted out and this is how he played the whole way we talked about this I think when he got voted out and just the way he is and he still wins like he'd be ranked higher he'd be ranked higher than some of the Channel Ten winners uh, because he when he's in it and when he's on form Guy Leach brings some gold. I'd like to see Guy Leach play in a modern day where there is idols and, and see how he would be, you know, if if he had an idol, would he be the type that would, would let anyone know about it or would he keep it extra secret? Like, I don't know. I reckon Guy's got uh, – yes, look, don't get me wrong. Guy comes off as a very nice bloke. You know, we've had interactions with him over social media. He's He is a genuine nice bloke. But Guy's a winner and winners yeah. do whatever it takes to win. So don't – sit there for a second and think that he doesn't want to win this game or that he wouldn't do anything to win because winners do anything to win. So I would love to see Guy Leach on a modern day where there's all these other scenarios, idols, all this stuff, and and just see how cunning Guy Leach could be because I reckon he could be almost as cunning as a shit-ass rat. Well, remember, you know, he's the best. The best. That's just got to stop him now. But, like, I, I think he's more like a... A more a loyal, I guess, friendlier, and not to say that Matt isn't friendly, like a, a sort of a Matt Rogers style player, but like Guy Leach is not a godfather. Like I don't think kind of like Matt Rogers kind of does it a bit dirtier and like a bit more like I'm gonna wear my idol around my neck. Like that's not Guy Leach to me. Guy Leach is is gonna sort of do it in a friendlier way. But I'm with you. I think kind of Guy Leach has that about him and kind of that competitive nature. I mean, we know he's a massive Survivor fan. We know that he essentially kind of, you know, went out camping and got an expert to help him before he went out there to Vanuatu. And he's obviously making deals with David and all that sort of stuff, pre-jury and all that kind of stuff, pre-game, I should say. So, yeah, I'm with you. And, like, I mean, when we get to Guy Leach in a few weeks, you know, the famous story is now that Channel 10 have contacted him to play again. So, I mean, there is every chance we will still see Guy Leach play this game again, which whether or not they tie that into the fact that he is a winner or uh, of Survivor or whether they're just going to ignore that. Who knows? But, um, yeah, I like, and I just, I do like this whole kind of scenario of him on the beach. And then I love Imogen when she's basically like, going like, oh, you know, guy came to us and said this and, you know, fair enough. But, yeah, I don't think it's going to play out that way. Like, I, I do kind of like Imogen's sort of suspicious Imogen this episode and then kind of realise, realising what's happening. So the Golden Goddess... Is uh she's got some game about her. Like again, she she may have made a few mistakes last week and this week, but she's still got some game about her. But uh, we're gonna go to a reward challenge, Matt. Again, no tree mail. Sorry, Matt, you've got nothing to do. But uh, gotta say, well, you, no you're tree- excited. You got you're yeah. excited for some dicko lines here because you you were on well, board to me. You were you were messaging me before I'd even watched this episode. You were champing at the bit to talk about Dicko's opening speech here. Yeah, absolutely. No tree mail, so I had to use my time to do something. Um. Okay, so Dicko, this is Dicko at his best. So he, uh, they come in now. This straight away, he's like, he's he says this line. I, I, I love it. He's like, you left last night looking, looking tense and nervous, and you turn up today looking like the Waltons. Now, <laughs> obviously, I clearly knew straight away. I was like, the Waltons. Never heard of it. Don't know if you had ever heard of it. Bit before our time, Ben. Now, I was like, it's clearly. A, a reference to a TV show, like a TV show based around a family. So I do what I do. I Googled it. Now, let me give you a rundown of what the Waltons is. Oh, I'm so it was a show that It was a show that aired between 1972 and 1981. It had nine seasons and not to mention it had other spin-off 
shows, movies. I think it even had a Christmas special. So oh, any show, all shows any in the seventies had a. We, we would have had a Christmas special if we were a podcast <laughs> in the seventies, Matt. We, we will have a Christmas special. Uh, yeah, so nine seasons, two hundred and twenty-one episodes. Now, it was an American historical drama TV series about a family in rural uh, Virginia during the Great Depression and World War Two. So that's what it basically was based on. Never seen an episode, never heard of it. Um, have you heard of it before, Ben? I don't know. I, it clearly I was Dicko's, one of Dicko's go-to shows. Well, it dates Dicko, I think, a little bit more. Um, I'd heard of it because that was the one, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, where it was famous at the end of the episode when they go to bed, they would, like, all the family are, like, going, like, good night, Matt, good night, Jenny, good night, blah, good night, you know, it was like, good night, John Boy, like, everyone would say good night. That was the thing, I think, like, when we'd go camping, my dad would be like, "Good night, Ben. Good night, Lindsay. Good night, Kim. Good night, John. Bye." Like it was that was the thing, and I yeah. think it was one of these like you know traditional family value shows that people kind of you know. I think that the modern day version of this was Seventh Heaven, if you remember Seventh Heaven. So I think that was to me, but also there was all Don't these. Like how, just like talking about Jessica Biel, she had to change her. She was she was Seventh Heaven, wasn't she, Jessica Biel? Oh. God, I, I'm sure, I can't because remember. I'm I'm pretty sure that because that was such a you know like a goody sort of show like the perfect family she had to change her image and go like when she started getting into movies maybe you can Google this for me now Ben and have a look but I'm pretty <laughs> sure uh, that she had to sort of change her image because here she is in the show Seven yeah. Heaven and and for seasons and she kind of had well, to I change think- her image. I think, like, yeah, I think you're right. There's, I think there's a few people from that show that sort of had to do it. It's like it was like when all the Disney people, like when Miley Cyrus all of a sudden is, you know, yeah. posing naked on a wrecking ball, like, oh, my God, that was Hannah Montana. But I think, like, wasn't there also that famous line from, was it either Ronald Reagan or Ronald Reagan's wife when they were kind of, I guess, talking about maybe like the drug epidemic of the 80s and they were basically saying, like, oh, we want families to be less, you know, more like the Waltons and less like the Simpsons because I think that put, like, the Simpsons on the map because that had only just started a little bit and, like, the president's quoting the Simpsons. I'm pretty sure that was a famous quote. But, yeah, I think it just shows Dicko's age. Like, you're fucking quoting the Waltons. (laughs) The Waltons. And and you're right about that goodnight John boy. Apparently it was, like, the most, uh, the highest, like, quote or the most used quote of the 70s or something. Something with yeah. the good night, John Boy. So, look, it's a, a great bit line. Be- yeah, a little <laughs> bit before my time, but you're right. It, and do you reckon when the, when the contestants laughed that, like, I can't imagine Imogen would have known what the hell he was referring to? What was Imogen? Well, Twenty early twenties? Yeah, uh, probably. I mean, I mean, what seventy? So I mean, she yeah, would kid yeah, possibly? Maybe, I don't know, maybe no, just- a bit, bit out of her time. But like, it's kind of it is. It, like, well, what would you be saying now? Would you know? Would JLP be dropping the seventh heaven line or something like that? You know, I know like, that's or, even that's even past it now. What be something off Netflix? Or, I don't know. Yeah, I don't knows. know. What's a, what's a traditional fa- like? Do we have them now? We're so corrupt now well, in the 2020s. We don't have traditional family shows anymore. <laughs> <laughs> God, people listen to Australian Survivor archives. They're not traditional family values. Fuck that shit. We talk about people holding their dicks while they're doing confessionals and golden showers. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> now. Yeah, he goes on about ha- he calls them happy campers, so he calls them out here because he's like, "Oh, so we're all just getting along, like," and they're like, "Yeah, yeah," and they're all just nodding as, "Oh, a bunch of happy campers." Oh, we'll see how long that lasts for. But <laughs> but that's where I guess you know production are probably worried about this episode because they know all of a sudden like, "Oh shit, we've got four people just thinking it's all happy families," and he keeps mentioning this happy campers line, which is which is gold. I mean, sticko gold. They can't do anything about it though. No, like, they can't. Again, I mean. Maybe they have some contingency twists that they can try, but again, this isn't modern day Survivor where 
they would create some ridiculously stupid dead man walking twist to prevent what's going to happen from happening. Um, yeah. But, like, or add 50 extra idols out there just for the shits and gigs. But, yeah, like, I think you're right. Like, I think production would have shat themselves. Like, I, I know kind of David Mason was all like, oh, we don't want the two to just come in and get voted out. Well, I think realistically that would have been the better option because, yeah. I mean, if Justin or Guy goes home last week and then kind of it's a foregone conclusion this week... I think it's more it's more entertaining if it's a foregone conclusion if there's only one left because if Justin and Guy are left, they're going to be scrambling. They're going to be, like, going to David, Image, and Nicole, like, hey, come on, save me. Whereas this is the thing about this episode. We see no scrambling. They've, they've just consigned themselves to the fact that, oh, well, clearly the vote's going to go this way. Like, I would have liked to have seen, like, you know, Imogen go to, like, Justin and be like, hey, like, we can save you. you just got to come and you got to – well, they can't save him. I guess they've got no choice. If Guy had a lost immunity – you know, like, hey, we can save you. Like, or have Guy and Justin go to Imogen on a call and be like, hey, like, we can save you. Like, yeah, it needed it needed us. for one of the girls to win immunity. That's the only way it would have worked. You would have needed mm. one of the girls to win immunity so that way both of the guys were vulnerable. That was the only, yeah. and, and, but, oh, I don't know. I re- it was. It would have been at the point when, when Guy was saying, let's tap each other on the back and, and let's play it straight down a line. It was probably at that stage David Mason thought, like, Fuck, you know, like, yeah. what am I going to do? Well, like, this is this could be a really bad ending to this season. I reckon at that point, because up until then, like, it had been a pretty good season for an old. This is a fifteen-year-old season. Like, it's a celebrity version. You know, twelve people, twenty-five days. Like, it actually, hasn't been too bad. But at this point, I reckon he, at, you know, he his gut would have been sinking a little bit, thinking, "Oh, I, yeah. I slipped up here." All the feedback, and we'll get to the forums at the end, is all like, fuck this season, this is shit, this is what's going to happen. I mean, I was thinking, like, if this had played out slightly differently, so say say Guy, uh, say Justin goes home last week, and then, um, uh, you know, Guy wins immunity, say David gets voted out tonight, Guy's kind of on that streak where he, like, he's going to survive. And then, again, like, think about what we've got next season. You know, you think it's going to be Lee and L in the final two, but then ultimately, you know, Christy wins final immunity and kind of the, there's no option but to vote one of them out. So you kind of, it's, it's when you've got that tight two that has to be broken up, there's no way about it. So kind of you would have had that, you know, tension around next week about who's going home, him or Nicole. So, um, yeah, I mean, a, a thousand different ways, all the what-if what scenarios, but I think ultimately... You know, David Mason's maybe almost a bit like Imogen, where kind of like he's thinking like, oh, like, you know, yeah. God, if if the final, if these two guys who get brought back in the game get voted out first, that's going to be the worst case scenario. Well, I actually think the worst case scenario is what plays out here in the fact that they make it to the end and that you've all got this like stalemate episode now where nothing's going to be broken. Yeah, look, and I don't want to be extra critical on David Mason. I mean, this is the first time a celebrity version had been done, that format, the 25 days, the 12 contestants. So... I mean, you know, they were extremely tight budget. There was an extremely uh, small amount of time to prepare for this season. You know, if you haven't listened to the David Mason interview, guys, like people who listen to this podcast, go back and listen to it because it really is intriguing. And the fact that the amount, the small amount of time he had to put all this together, it's it's actually quite amazing we got this yeah. season. It really is. So. At the end of the day, you really do have to give credit to David Mason. So I don't want to sit here and, and just bag the shit out of him because he, he he made a mistake. He's put his hand up and said, yes, it's a mistake. You know, I remember speaking to him about like, why not only bring one person back? That way you're always guaranteed to only, at the very worst case scenario, you're, you're guaranteed to only 
have one player that's been voted out. So that way, at least it gives the jury a chance to vote for people or vote for someone who hasn't left. And he acknowledged that. And he said, yeah, like, he just didn't think two of them would end up in the final two. It happened. But it, it look, and like I said, I just don't want to continue bagging him too much because it still is an amazing effort that we even got this this season up and running. The one thing I will say, and this is kind of probably more of a discussion for our next, our final recap, sort of episode 12, but I think in a way having the final two be these two guys that got brought back makes for a more interesting final tribal council because if it's Imogen versus Guy or Imogen versus Justin, I mean, I know obviously David kind of said last week that he still would have voted for Guy, but I mean, there would have been this element of, would people rather reward Guy because he's been missing for half the game versus rewarding Imogen, who's played the whole game? Again, it's the Pearl Island scenario. You know, not to say that Lil had a chance of winning that game had she, uh, you know, stayed in it the whole time because it's Lil. But um, I, I think that, yeah, would that have been different? I mean, again, I know the argument then is Chris won, uh, what was it, whatever it was called, Edge of Extinction, but uh, and he was up against players that played the full game. So, you know, there's that argument there that clearly that's the, the bucking the trend. But um, I don't know. Like, I think the fact that the two that got brought back in and there's like, you can't use that against them. You can't use the fact that neither of you played the full game and like they've got a fair playing ground. And let, let's be honest, we get a one vote decision. Only two times in Australian Survivor is the, the season being decided by one vote. And that's kind of what you almost want at the end of the day. You want a very close final vote because it makes the season more interesting. So, um, yeah, so I, that's the one thing I'll say that we kind of maybe get a more interesting final tribal by having Justin and Guy be the final two. Yeah, and that's a, that's a good point. Um, but, uh, yeah, and look, at least it's memorable, <laughs> you yeah. know. If at the end of the day, one thing that people remember about the season is that twist and the fact that the person who won it had been voted out. So, um, even now, if something's real- even if something's fucking terrible, like Australian Survivor archives, you still remember it. So, um, you know, I mean, Matt's a co-host on the show, fucking terrible. But you're well, some people don't. remember. Well, yeah, mate, that, didn't that you didn't yeah. he didn't know it, and he was meant to be a big Survivor fan. But uh, mate, the reward prize for this episode now best reward of the season i'm saying even better than the bungee jumping like this would be incredible i I was thinking about it i was thinking which one would i would i want to do if i get to to choose one and i mean i would love to do and go see that bungee jumping one but at the end of the day you're going to an active volcano so basically they went a helicopter trip did they did they have this helicopter they must have had it hide it out for the whole 25 <laughs> private like, helicopter yeah, Matt. that's I mean, Australian idol money <laughs> yeah i mean that's where the budget went this bloody helicopter i've never seen a helicopter this it's 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 it's, it's had more airtime than ben win so uh, well, it has, in, in more it ways has. than one yeah I, I get your joke there well done <laughs> <laughs> maybe ben win was the helicopter pilot he is an sas guy you know you know john rambo you know and rambo he he flies helicopters he's Maybe oh. Ben wins the helicopter pilot, and they and the one day that they ben didn't Wynn use his Rambo. helicopter, no personality <laughs> you know? there. Well, welcome we aboard not- flight, Ben Win. We're going to fly to Yasser Volcano. Yep, hope you enjoy your tea and scrumpets. Like, come on, boring <laughs> not- helicopter so- flight. You, you can't see Rambo and and, no. and Ben Wint? No? Okay. Okay. No. But okay. So they win a helicopter trip to the volcano. Now, this is the volcano on Tanner. So it's the uh, yeah, Mount Yasser, I believe it is. Um, it's a, they win an overnight stay at a luxury resort, a, a five-star resort, and they get a big feed um, and then find back to camp. So we're not going to – I can't wait till we get to the point where we actually talk about the big feed and a lot to talk about. Now, before they start it, 
uh, Dicko has another bit of a chop at him. He says, happy campers, are you ready? Begin. Yeah. Now, do you want to tell us what the actual challenge is about? So, I love this challenge, but I think it's incredibly unfair. Um, so... This is basically a uh, hold a pole above your head uh, for as long as you can, and then the water drops. Now, I say I love this challenge. I'm the biggest critic of Modern Survivor, where literally every single individual immunity or reward is basically this challenge. It's, you know, stand somewhere for a long time until something falls. Like, it gets very repetitive. But I think kind of in this era of Survivor, it's so few and far between that I like it. Kind of, they only use it so sporadically. So it's kind of like a giant pole that holds up the bucket. Now... This is incredibly unfair to the girls because like this is, you know, a very heavy pole that basically is is reliant so much on upper body strength that Imogen and Nicole are gone within five seconds. I mean, poor Imogen's basically getting knocked out unconscious by the pole. Like, this is one of those ones where I feel it should be based on body weight. Like there should be some sort be. of yeah, th- it's this just is not ridiculous. fair on Imogen it, and it, Not at all, mate. This it's a it's this is an oversight. They slipped up here. Like modern day Survivor now, you, they measure the poles to make it all equal depending on your height, obviously with yeah. the weight and your own body weight and the water, and that makes it fair. Now I know Survivor is not a fair game, but this is ridiculous. You got two, you know, muscly blokes against two non-muscly women, and you're basically having to hold up the exact. Same water, and it doesn't matter how tall you are. They all look the same, like the, the rods look the same. Yeah, they've just basically done four the same and said, oh, well, let the best person win. But that you can't do it like that, especially in the second last episode, you know, final four people, you know, you got to try to make it a little bit even and give the girls a chance to win because they were, listen, they were net you. You could have offered odds of one billion to one and I still wouldn't have wasted a dollar on it because they were never yeah. going to win. 100%. And this is no disrespect to Imogen and Nicole. I think kind of they would be the first to admit they had no chance. I mean, you've got an Iron Man. Uh, you've got Justin. I mean, these are two guys who have just been eating steak and fucking lobster for the last however long. And then, I know they've been back in the game for like a couple of days, but still, like, they've got so much more strength with them. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's an oversight. And like the one, the one positive is that this isn't the immunity. If this was the immunity challenge, even more uproar. Like at least this is a reward challenge. We've said a lot of times this season that they've gotten them around the wrong way. They should have the immunity challenges as a reward and the reward as immunity. But, um, yeah, I mean, gone in a colon image and then we've basically got, what, like an hour or so and sort of, I, I do love Guy, like, kind of like, oh, yeah, wait till we get to an hour and we'll start talking and, like, kind of, you know, at the end of the day, he does do a bit of negotiating and then he, Justin ends up falling. And I love Guy Leach when he's like, yeah, I didn't want to go another 30. I just uh, thought I'd uh, play it up and just kind of, you know, tease you. Like, Guy's just brilliant here. Like, I just do yeah. love the fact, because at the end of the day, I've read comments on the forum saying well, it was a waste that they kept going because clearly they were, could have just taken each other. But Guy Leach isn't going to just sit back and go like, okay, they're out. Um, I'll get to take you to reward. Let's just not bother with this. Like, Guy Leach is a competitor. Like, he's not a man. He's an Iron Man. Like, he's going to keep going. And he's just playing these tactics against Justin. I love it. I like when Justin says, oh, let's drop it at the same time. And he's trying yeah. to say, well, that way. And Dicko's <laughs> like, ah, that ain't happening. There will be a winner that, you know, yeah. so he's because he, they're trying to, they're trying to find a bit of a glitch in the, in the rules. And that way Dicko will have to say, oh no, you, you, it was a tie. He brings so like a classic back. line to Dicko. What was the episode when it's like, that's fighting talk. Like he says it again <laughs> here. Like, you know, it's like, that's fighting talk. Like <laughs> I love Dicko oh. kind of dropping a few lines, but yeah, guy, guy wins. Um, the, the big twist, which actually, I, again, I'm a fan of 
of people choosing for rewards. I think that's always like, it should always be a staple on Survivor. None of these like separate you into teens bullshit, which they do today. Um, but then I love this kind of twist where it's like, not just take one person. It's more of a, you've got to choose who you're going to leave behind. They're going to stay behind at camp while three of you go like, I love that. I think that's great. And then the thing I love about this is that, so guy straight away is like, oh, Justin, of course. And then, oh, let's take him because she hasn't had a reward. Um, or whatever he says, but like, I love like Imogen's reaction. Like I honestly always watching this, no matter how many times I've seen it, I'm like, oh, Imogen's going to give this up. Like she's going to give it to Nicole. And this, this just speaks to the amazingness of the golden goddess. I, I'm sorry, David Jeanette, you legend. I don't think ever you're going to think about like, fuck, I'm going to let Luke go. Not me. Like, I think this is such an Imogen thing where she's so conflicted about like, shit, what do I do? But then it's almost like strategic move in a way because like hey i'm sure there was some sort of strategy talk with maybe the guys maybe she loosely thought about breaking up with nicole to go with them but yeah like and i love little nicole here when she's basically like oh it's gonna take a lot more to break up break me break me than this but then dicko getting a bit i don't know is he a bit um condescending towards nicole off you go back to camp little darling like just (laughs) (laughs) how i feel about dicko saying that to nicole (laughs) the only problem i have with this i just Leaving one person back at camp, three go, especially when it's a 2-2, like it's a past votes are in play. I just can't see any any value in just leave, having the one person stay back, really, especially in this situation. I mean, yes, all right, they can try to talk to Imogen and get her to vote with them and get rid of Nicole. But at this stage, I mean, we don't even know who's going to win immunity at this stage. Uh, I don't know. It just... To me, it doesn't work. It, really, to me, it's just basically saying, sorry, Nicole, but you're going to miss out on the but, trip of a lifetime. Go back to camp. And we don't really – yeah, we see a bit of footage of her going and collecting wood and she can't be bothered cooking, so she just has a zesty salad. But I don't I don't know. I, I don't I think, know if it works. I mean, on the flip side of that, though, if this is just Guy and Justin and then Imogen and Nicole back at camp, we're, we're getting exactly what we get this entire no, I episode. Agree. Just that's like, where, you know, that's where it – no, I agree, hundred percent. That's why it needed to be when there was five of them, because a, a mm. trip this way. And then, you know, imagine if David Oldfield's on this, and you could have seen some strategic talk, you know, and and actually could have changed up the game. Like, I just don't see it working at this point in the game. I definitely see your point, but I think, I mean, there was potential. Again, it kind of comes down just to the way the cards fall. But, like, the thing is, I I always like it when you've got a season where you've got one person at camp. Like, it's kind of, it's, it's an interesting little <laughs> twist. And, like, like I just, I love Nicole. Like, she's just so goddamn nice. And a little laugh that she has, I still love it. But just, I just, as you say, like, when she's back at camp, she's just basically like, yeah, I got some wood. Got some spinach, maybe got some more, just sat there. But then, like, even just Nicole being Nicole, oh, I'm sure they're having a great time and they're eating some great food and I can't wait to hear all about it. Like, you know, let's let's rewind back. Was it um Worlds Apart? Like, I know Rodney wasn't by himself, but when he came back from that uh, challenge, like, it's my fucking birthday. They fucking meant to take me to fucking fucking birthday. Like, just Nicole's just so Nicole, like, so great. Um, But... Yeah. And clearly, too, because she they let her go on that reward with her, her hubby for their yeah. senior anniversary. So that would have been why they didn't pay. take it. Yeah, yeah of yeah. course. I mean... I mean, Imogen's um, had rewards, but, um, you know, she obviously had the one with David and Gab. But this reward, like, holy crap, like, you were talking about before, like, like, yeah, I'd love to see the bungee, but, like, I've got a big thing for volcanoes. Like, I mean, I've been to Hawaii once. I've not sadly been to the big island. I'd love to go see, like, Kilauea and just kind of all those sort of places. So this would be on my bucket list to see a freaking volcano. Yeah. And I, mean, I remember, like, David Mason talking about this and the filming of it and everything sort of in our interview with him. But this, like, this is legitimately also scary. Like, when they're standing at the crater 
and that volcano is erupting. Like, I'm going, like, how are they not getting, like, decapitated, like, Dante's Peak style with a freaking rock, like, burning, like, Pierce Brosnan's girlfriend at the beginning of Dante's Peak, getting, you know, headshotted by a, a flying piece of volcanic debris, like pretty scary like i'm sure there's obviously some safety features around we saw what happened in new zealand a couple of years ago you yeah know, that was yeah. just with some steam but yeah i mean it's it's epic scary but epic but like i mean i don't know about you you've you've you're, you're a worldly man matt you've done a lot of things i don't know if one of the things you've ever done is seen a volcano but like this would be amazing to witness yeah no i definitely haven't done that and i've been to vanuatu and and i tell you what if i ever go back and hopefully one day i will it will be on my list to do that's for sure but uh yeah justin mentions here that it's the best reward totally agree with him this is i mean this season's had amazing rewards that's one thing you cannot say about the season that they they skimped and did shit rewards they've been amazing and this to top it off amazing uh, imogen's line it, too yeah, when she says oh preempt you you say it you say it man yeah, no, no no you say it you go I was going to say, yeah, she says, um, you know, this is like the most, most amazing thing when I'm 80 and I've got a list, you know, of this long of things that I could have done or achieved. Now it's going to be like this long. So, I mean, that's a, that's a great line. Imogen, like, definitely has some lines in this season where a lot of stuff's living with her. And it'd be so interesting when we get her on in a couple of weeks to be like, hey, like, it's been 15 years. Like, I mean, do you still rank the volcano and sort of the bungee jumpers? And I mean, she's experienced both. She was lucky enough to yeah. see both. So she's ticked uh, she, off. She, she's had the best run with rewards, that's for sure. And, she's right. Like it's you're right. She's basically saying, well, she's ticked off a lot of bucket list moments during during this show, you know. So, um, yeah, she's really sort of been uh, capitalised on all the, the great rewards. But so they go back now. The, the second part of this reward is uh, back to the five star resort. Now, this looks this place looks a little bit different. It's not Dicko's room. I'm sure he's probably got a room there somewhere. But now. Maybe I should. Do you want to talk? To, I know this was a great line that you love that Dicko says here. So maybe I'll let you do the honors. Well, it's our thug life, easy thug life for the week. Is uh, they kind of go into this resort and you kind of you just see him sitting there, ah, oh, survivors. And you, I love how you hear like Guy and just oh, it's Dicko, and he's like, come break bread with me. <laughs> like there he is, just sitting at his table. I disagree with you. I think this is Dicko's room. I think they've just gone like, fuck it, this is Dicko's room. He's got his pool. He's got everything going on there. That's just his table on his patio, like. He's just he's there rocking around like well, I bet you they've they've just gone oh we can't be bothered splurging for another resort let's just go to Dicko's room and you know this is what Dicko does every night has his big five star meal and a couple of bevs and here he is sitting by his pool and they've gone for a skinny dip afterwards. <laughs> I'm surprised. You know what I would have loved when he turns up he's like let's break bread he's sitting there in the nude already. <laughs> Yeah. Like, and, or in his jocks, you know, like... Just, or in a robe, you know, like, just a bathrobe, his schlong hanging out. Yeah, or, you know, like in something about Mary when uh, he, he's sitting behind the cat, he, he gets up and the, the, the belt's undone, you know, yep. the zipper's down, he gets up this casually, like, puts it up, Pat, old Pat Healy. But yep. uh, um, I can, now I think about it, you're actually probably right. I admit I've probably got this wrong. You're right. It probably is, this is his actual hotel room because you don't actually see the room already. You just, it's just the back area where the pool is and... The, now... I've got a question here. If you look closely, is he already half cut on wine? I swear. Oh, yeah. I swear he's already had at least a bottle of wine. Like, you look at him. Uh, well, no, <laughs> he, I'm telling you now, he's had a few sips because he's a, li- he's a bit more glassy-eyed. He's a little bit sort of, you know, like normally he's really like, hyped up. He's he's obviously been waiting for him while, while they're at the volca- volcano. He, he's cracked open the bottle and and helped himself that's what, and it makes sense if he if he's at his place already if he's at his room he would have had a couple of bottles there so why not 
Uh, literally, why not? Um, I, I like. I think the thing too is that you kind of got. He goes on this bit of a rant. I don't know if this is Dick Dicko, kind of one of these things that maybe doesn't hold up too well when he has his bit of a dig at the girls. But he's just basically like, "Oh yeah, it seemed like a bunch of the girls just want to come out here and share a few pounds." And it's just kind <laughs> of like, like he's always quick to just kind of like talk down the girls in this game. He never sort of mentions like you know like oh like Wayne Garner wanted to lose a bit of weight or kind of this sort of stuff. He's like straight away just like, "Oh yeah, the bloody girls were out here for a bloody fad diet, weren't they?" Um, like, it's just kind of funny. But I just, one thing I'll say, I love a season of Survivor where the host is involved in a reward. Some of the old school um, US Survivors, like Propes and Kelly Wigglesworth at the bar. Doesn't Propes go with Colby on that sort of whole horse reward around the yep. campfire in Australian Survivor? Like, you never see it anymore. And I don't think we've ever had JLP kind of rock up and have some dinner with the people, have we? I, I don't remember. Well, how good, how good would it be to see... JLP, like to say, like, I don't know, I mean, girls drink beer and stuff, but let's just say who's someone like a Luke Toki or someone, someone that would enjoy a beer, win a reward and get to go on, on a, on a, like a reward with JLP where they're getting on the beers. Like, yeah. and, and you're actually seeing JLP, you know, start to get a little bit half cut. Like, I can't how imagine. goal would that be? Well, we know talking to Lincoln that he was sort of strictly told, like, no, we can't interact. Like, and we we heard from David like never really saw Dicko like it's it's kind of one of those things where it's they never really get to hang out with the host and like hey there's there's reasons and rhymes behind that but like I think it would be just interesting because it's interesting Dicko can like as much as I'm taking the piss out of him like he he's kind of he's literally kind of quizzing them and it's kind of you can hear some strategic elements where it's almost like a bit of a confessional or this sort of stuff like he can bring it out of them but it's just kind of like it's good for the host's brand. Like, let's just show casual Dicko, casual JLP, casual Lincoln, casual Jeff, like, hanging with the survivors. Because, like, I think at the end of the day, like, the host is always going to be the face of Survivor. And, you know, we're always going to sort of try and connect with them. And you kind of always want them to be just, like, the standard sort of person you can hang out with. I mean... God, JLP is the type of guy that you do watch and you go, yeah, I could I could have a beer with JLP. Like, there's not one of these hosts of Survivor, US or Australia, that you couldn't say, oh, I could have a beer with them. And I think, like, if you were to have that whole sit down with five people, you know, list in history for dinner, Jeff Probst would be very high up on my potential nominees as somebody I'd like to sit down and have a chat with Jeff Probst. I mean, the conversation I could have with that man is amazing. So, I, like, if I was on a season of Survivor and all of a sudden I've got Jeff Probst sitting there, like, come break bread with me. That, that's not Jeff Probst, but, and like, you can sit there like, hell yeah. Like, I, I'm going for it. So, yeah, J- bring that back. Bring that back to Australian Survivor. JLP chilling, like, uh, you know, hanging out with Luke, Golden God, Pia, like, fucking Shane. Imagine hanging out with Shane Gould. Like, don't fuck with Shane Gould, JLP. Pass me the potatoes. So, so this is probably the first time and only time, like, the contestants have got on the piss with the host during the show. In, yeah, I can't think of a JLP, and please, if somebody, I know we've got a couple of listeners who will always sort of send us in a tweet when we've sort of said something and, and correct us, but yeah, please, if there's a season of Australian Survivor where JLP's had a bit of a reward interaction, please let us know. Do, do you reckon that Dicko was even meant to actually be there, or he, he just said, I ain't nah, leaving? his bloody room. Nah, nah, they're probably... You know, they're just, <laughs> like, if you just interrupted him halfway through his dinner. They've gone, David Mason's gone, ah, Dicko, just let you know we've got the three come for Oh, fuck those three. What are they doing? I'm having me bloody... Come have a bloody beer. <laughs> like, You've seen Wolf of Wall Street, haven't you? I have not seen Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, no. are you kidding me? So there's a line where the Caprio, he's like, I ain't leaving. I ain't fucking leaving. <laughs> that, that's probably like Dicko when he like, Dicko, you got to go. The contestants are coming in. We've got the lobster and steaks set up. We've got the wine, the beers. And he's like, I ain't leaving. 
Yeah, he's like, and, and you know what? In the end, they couldn't get rid of him. Like, you know what, Dick? I just just get on the piss just with him, and just get on it. Go I love on. it. I love it. I could. But you the, know what? This, I, yeah. this episode should have just been all of them just on the piss yeah. together. And I, the, I love the two like when they're there and they're cheesing. They're talking about Nicole, and I, I love the moment there when Dicko's just kind of like, "We start talking about it. let's do a toast to little Nicole," and then I love Imogen's line, which is like, "Yeah, little mighty mouse." Like, you yeah, know, kind yeah. of like, I do like that. Like, like it's. For, for the kind of pointless nature this episode has, because, I mean, after this, we've just kind of got some pointless counting. It's just like the count from fucking Sesame Street next. But, um, like, it's kind of just, like, the reward's great. The Dicko dinner scene's great. It's just, it's kind of like, it's it's a shame that, like, as we've said with, you know, the twist episode, like, there's so much good in that episode. It's just a shame you've got the fucking twist. This, again, is a case of you've actually got some pretty good stuff in this episode. It's just a shame that it's um kind of with that. But... We come back from the reward and literally all I've got to say is I've just written down, it's just Sesame Street because we've just literally got Imogen and Nicole. Do I have three? Do I have four? Oh, maybe I've got four. Does he have five? Does I've got four? I don't know. I've got four. I've got five. And then you've got Justin and Guy. Do I have five? Do I have four? Maybe we've got five. Well, I just, we, we literally need to go, we've got three. Ah, ah, ah. Four. Ah, ah, ah. Like it's just counting right now. Well, I suppose the only thing here would have been, the only thing for the guys to work out is to, to who, which which girl I think has the less vote, so Imogen yeah. or, or which is or essentially Nicole. what they're doing right. Yeah, like, so that's all yeah. it is because that's the only thing that could have ruined their game here was do they pick the wrong person? But do we know how many Imogen had? I'm Did she have more? Literally counting that right now. So, 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 one, if, two, so yeah, if they picked Imogen three. and not Nick, would that have actually vote? That would that mean Justin uh, was Justin going? Justin would have gone. Imogen only had three until this point. Where Nicole wow. obviously had the so, four. So I mean, so in all fairness, it is it is a big thing like for them to be working it out because if they get it wrong, it, then it ruins Which, their game. But but like this is the thing we need to see. And again, maybe they just didn't have this conversation. I don't know. But this is where this gets a little bit more entertaining. Is like just before they go to tribal have Guy and Justin going like, fuck, who do we choose? Like, this is this is like a split vote yes. scenario. Like, who has the idol? Like, oh, God, does Matt or Ben have it? Like, who do we vote? Who do we put the votes on? Like, this is what we need to see. And this is a, yeah. maybe what we get in Modern Survivor. So they're literally going, fuck, who do we... You know, because it's literally a one-vote decision. Um, and it's kind of like the other way around. If, if, say, like, you know, Imogen had one immunity, let's say, uh, they have to choose between Guy and Justin. And just quickly looking here, Guy got five the night he got voted out. So he would have gone. So Guy had one more than Justin. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, it, that's just what we needed to make a little bit. Because, like, it, like, this is where the episode is just dragged into it. Because, like, it's like a five-minute sequence of just, like, two alliances working out numbers with no bearing or, or drama. And it's kind of... that. That's where this episode is just like, okay, we get it. Like... Yeah, this is what's going to happen, and then all of a sudden we go to this um, this immunity. I've got nothing else to add on this whole conversation. If you don't, Matt, like we can go. No, nah, not before. Basically. You're right, not before immunity. So, I love this immunity challenge. Though. Me too. Yeah, me too. Love like, I love a good love sliding it. one. Um, I think again, this is a this is a good one to have. Like, like if you had to flip this around and this had been the reward, and the other one would be immunity. I would have been crying bloody murder. Like, it's not fair. But the one thing they did get right in this episode, even though the first challenge was so unfair, is that they did have that reward and this immunity because this is one of those sort of chance strategic ones where yep. anyone can really win. And obviously, Imogen realizes she fucks up with this. But um, it's the Battle of Vanuatu, and essentially you've got little pucks that you've got to land on an island. And if your puck is touching an island, you get a point. If you get in the crater, you've guaranteed a point. It's it's almost like curling or shuffleboard or something like that where you've got a lawn bowl. Like you got to be strategic to. Kind Kind of, do you go for knocking the player out or do you go for, uh, you know, going for the points? The one thing I love about this challenge 
is Dicko's reactions. Like, like literally, Dicko's loving the shit out of this challenge because every single time, oh, 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 like Dicko's just Mr. Excitement here with every single puck play. But and also he drops some great lines when Imogen goes too far. Oh, and she's in the Pacific Trench and like, oh, she's short and wet and oh, she's in the island and all this kind of stuff. So it's great, but Guy ends up pretty much shitting it in. What is it, like a, a 4-2-1 victory or something like that? He gets four, Justin gets two, and Imogen gets one. And um, ultimately, as we've said a few times, Imogen kind of has this confessional just before uh, they go back to camp where she's like, I fucked up. Like, I basically handed Guy immunity. Like, I wasn't thinking. I should have knocked him out. And I like I actually appreciate the fact that Imogen admits her mistake. Like this, this isn't yeah. like a, this isn't like a. Oh, I didn't play this. Like she straight away is like, I fucked up. Like I well, fucked it, up. So well, it, Imogen's yeah, making Imogen mistakes, but she can admit yeah. to them. I didn't well, even get three, three, did she? Yeah. Okay. So it was Nick one, Guy four, Justin two, Imogen three. So, so she only lost to Guy by one. But if she would have knocked him out earlier, knocked a couple out, she would have won. You know, I mean, things would have been different. But, but they were, yeah, they'll. I don't know. She she stuffed up. She was trying to play the nice game, and it, and it which cost I like. Her, Again, it's 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 a good thing to admit that. So yeah, I tell you what though, this game. I mean, it's an awesome game, and and they've got obviously the map of the Vanuatu like painted on. Great production the, design. Yeah, I tell you what, that that's something I hope they just didn't destroy afterwards. Like I would love. I hope mm. they offered that to I don't know a bloody local bar there or something where people can you know customers come in and and have a crap because it would have been oh I mean that would have been a waste to just this wreck it and you know chop it well, you up think, and you think about the, the you talked before about the budget and like the fact that they've had to come out here and you know like create some you know interesting set designs and they, they've done very well for their budget i mean they didn't go the season one route of let's measure some water in a cup um so like they've they've done very well and i'm with you like this is this is epic i mean to me like i think what they've probably gone and done is they've just yeah, given this table back and they're probably just painted over it and it's probably just, you know, in a local's kitchen right now having the witchetty grubs like we had. Like That was who Dicko was talking to last week, the locals, oh, uh, you know, right. biting their heads. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's it's epic and, like, the, the painting and kind of just the the way it's designed and, like, the big words Vanuatu and kind of they've got all the little things on it. Like, this is just, it's beautiful. Like, I love it. And even just the little flick card things, it's a kind of a cool little touch yeah. to it. And I like that the fact that they have the slots where if the puck lands yeah. in the slot, yeah. then then you cut. Then it's like that's like the you know it's like the bullseye. Yeah, you're guaranteed basically. You know, that, yeah, that you can't then be hit out. So if you if you go for it and and, and actually get it in the slot, well then that's a guaranteed point. You're not going to lose. Um, so I love that element too. That it wasn't just all above where it could just be knocked. All of them could be knocked out, and then you're no chance. So yeah, that was well thought out. Great game. But yeah, Imogen has a confessional afterwards. Uh, like you said, guy wins. And she says that Nick and her made a fatal mistake. We didn't knock the boys out because we we're playing too much like a team, but taking guy out has uh, helped him ha- hand him immunity. So she's realizing and, and surely then they girls, oh, I don't know. I, it, yeah. And it's, it's the worst time to do this as well. This is the worst possible time you could but, make this mistake. Right. But is that the brilliance from guy Leach that he's talked him into this whole Let's play straight down yeah. the line and pat I each other on the back. Like, got, yeah, I, I is this, agree. With is you. this the brilliance of him? Because I can tell I, you what: if Guy had the last shot and he was down by one, he would have been taking him out. Yeah, look, I, I agree with you, but I also think it, it comes more down to Imogen just not thinking properly. Like, I think I don't know because, like, Imogen's the one who is saying in this episode, like, yeah, I don't really 
like I believe Guy, but I don't because like they're still going to be backstabbing. And she's the one in the final trial here who's going to be like, no, I don't believe you can win this game honorably. So like, yeah, I agree with you, but I also think that Imogen's just like straight away, she's just like, I fucked up. Like, what the hell was I thinking? Like, you know, like she just, and I, is that down to the fact that she's been out there for like 22, 23 days, like kind of just not out there and not thinking because this is really like the last two episodes is really the first time we're seeing Imogen like, really making some mistakes like she's been strong strategically she's been strong physically i mean she's a two-time immunity winner i know she gave one away but this is guy's only immunity win of this season can we just point that out like yeah he um you know won a reward earlier um i mean he technically wins like three rewards but guy leach you know iron man he's on a man he's an iron man like i mean you know if you were to look at this on paper and kind of go on their professions are you going to say david oldfield's going to win three immunities over guy leach no um so uh yeah this is guy's only win but no i just i, I agree with you i think there's definitely an element to it but i just think it's more that imogen is just she's fucking up at this point then we get back to camp there's a there's a lot of the same trying to work out there's nothing really like, to talk here no well <laughs> Guy, Guy does mention here, though, that he thinks it will be harder in the final two to win against Nicole than it would be against Imogen. So I don't know whether, yeah. in the end, that was the reason for voting for her and not Imogen, or they did think that maybe she had an extra vote. I'm assuming it was that, that they assumed that she possibly had an extra vote or two, which was she did, and it saved him. But, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to see that uh, he believes that if he was in the final two with her, she would probably Which, be harder to, to, to beat. It comes down, I was talking about it a few weeks ago where I kind of think Nicole, and like that's why I asked that question to David last week about like, was Nicole? Because you kind of get that line here where she says like, he says she could have the sympathy card and he says Im's played a great game, but it's sort of, they're, they're more thinking about, I guess that jury vote on the sim. Because again, this is still very much an era of Survivor where often the backstory came into play. I mean, you, you know, sort of old school survivor, one of those standard jury questions was, what will you do with the money? You know what I mean? And we've had people on the jury admit, well, hey, I'm going to vote for someone because that wasn't an Amber uh, in, in Australian Outback where she's like, hey, fucking Colby's going to buy a motorcycle. That's cool. So like, you know, it's kind of like that was an era where that sort of thing was rewarded a little bit more. So I think that's where guys thinking about that. So, um, yeah, but like outside of that mention, there's, there's nothing here. It's just counting again. We're just no. Sesame Street the count again, aren't we? I'll say this though. There's one one bit of Imogen here I like. Nick's, Nick's sort of talking with Imogen saying, oh, we, you know, do we just tell the boys how, like how many votes we think we have? And she's like, no. She says uh, Imogen doesn't want to tell the guys how many votes that they, they think they have. So, when, when Nicole seemed to be more open to it and, and Imogen it quickly says to her, like, no, don't, don't. That is don't suicide, say. Nicole. I know. So <laughs> Nicole would be hard to play with. Yes, she's loyal, but, oh, she could let the cat out of the bag so easy uh, yeah, in I mean, modern that's, that's, days. Of, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's, I mean, again, we're mentioning Australian Outback a lot here, but that's the whole thing about how the, the vote went down with Jeff Varner, right? Because Kimmy opened a big mouth essentially to Tina and told her that Jeff Varner had votes. So when Colby and Jeff Varner were tied, famously Jeff Varner goes home and that kind of sets the tone for the entire season two of the US Survivors. So, yeah, Nicole, very, very, I mean, she was she not the one in that Gab vote where she was the one who mentioned like, well, unless it's a tie and like, you know, we don't, yeah. Yeah. Like kind of yeah, you're right. Like Nicole's yeah, kind of got I mean. a bit of foot and mouth. So she does big time. Um, which which again, like it's it, it just shows though the genuineness of Nicole. Like that's where Nicole's the danger, and that's why I think Guy sees that because Nicole's not like yeah, she stabbed David in the back, but she's straight away gone fuck. I feel bad about that. 
Um, and she's not the one sitting around camp going like, you know, this wasn't betrayal, this was gameplay. Nicole's like, oh, fuck, I should have told him, I feel really bad. Um, you know, she's that honourable player. I mean, she's, I think, the first one here at Tribal Council to nod and say, like, can you play honourably? She's like, yes, you can, yes, absolutely. So, I mean, Nicole still had every chance to win this game. Uh, it's just it, she's going to win it based on different factors and say if Imogen wins this game. One thing I'll say, too, before we get to Tribal, Imogen does mention here in a confessional that she thinks if it does if it is a tie, the 2-2 and then the tied pass votes, she's pretty confident that the, the jury will vote to keep Nick in the game. Oh, yeah, because obviously, So she's pretty confident. And when it doesn't happen, you can see her face. She's She almost gives a little bit of a look over to the jury, like, what have you just done? Like, why would you do that? So I don't see how she could think that, though. That's my, my weirdness here because, like, realistically think about that. Gab's not voting for Justin to go home because Gab and Justin are, are like this. They've just backstabbed David. So, like, David's not going to want to save them. And then Elton's pretty chummy-chummy with David and Guy. So, like, to me, I think it's the complete opposite. I I would go into this on paper going, fuck, we're screwed. Because if it's a jury vote, none of them are going to vote for us. Like, that's how... It's it's interesting. I'd love to hear that from Imogen. Why she thought that the jury would side with them. Because I just... I don't fathom how that could be a thing that they think. Well, I think it's, and I'm sure she might say it very loosely somewhere in this episode that she thinks because Nick hasn't been voted out before and the boys have been voted out that the jury will sort of take that into consideration, which which they don't. So, but she's in shock. So we we get to tribal council. Uh, look, once again, I mean, this is the same thing. There's always it's it's so interesting, isn't it? The old school tribal councils they really. These days, tribal is where everything happens, you know. And back Sometimes then, I mean, too much. It, yeah, I agree. <laughs> no, I agree. Um, but you're, you'd already touched on it. They asked Imogen about can you win by playing fair, and Nicole's like, "Yep, sure can." And and uh, guys, not in his head, but of course, Imogen. He, he says to her, "I want an honest answer." Because she can see she's thinking about it. He's like, give me an honest answer. And then she says, no. But I love um, it. I kind of say that I love that from Imogen. Again, just like she's making mistakes. She's fucking up. But I just, I love the way she's just flat out just like, no, you can't win this game honorably. Yeah. And this is coming from Imogen, who has played a fairly honorable game until she sort of stabbed David in the back. So, like, it's fascinating to me that Imogen is the one who says that. Like, that to me is a Justin Melvy. Like, no, I don't think you can. Like, Justin doesn't really give an answer here. But Dicko's on fire here. Like, I love Dicko kind of when he's basically like, going like, Justin, are you bloody riding coattails right now? And then kind of yeah. Justin's like, no. And he's like, are you sure? Like, are you really sure you're not riding coattails? Yeah. Well, that's what he said. He goes, yeah. And, and you're right. He's like, well, we're kind of riding each other's because that's what we needed to do to, to get to where, you know, to get to the end. So, yeah, we haven't really had a chance to talk much about Justin. Justin really doesn't do much other than not a, it's try not to a work strong, out votes. Ju- yeah, yeah. Ju- Justin's not much in this episode. This is kind of a quiet Justin one, um, and thing, which is interesting because it comes down to him and Nicole. So, you know, it's one interesting thing I was, talking about him. Yeah, the one thing I'll say about Justin, did he always have that, the guitar? The guitar? The, the, the guitar. He has it... Um, have you noticed he's got it on his back? He's got it on his back walking to try. Like when he's, Wait, he's got you know, a guitar. What? Yeah. Well, he's. If you look close, that's what I mean. If you look close, I saw it in the preview at the start of this episode when it's like last week on. So, and they showed it, and he's got got it on his back. He's got it in like a black case, but you can tell it's a, a guitar. And then I'm looking here. Does it, like I can't see. And then just before the... they walk to tribal, so go back to where they're just about to walk to, and you can see he's got it on his back. Now I sure he never had that before he got voted out the first oh, time. Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
Is this a? Is this his reward? Is this his luxury item? Well, I'm I'm assuming it is. Yeah, but I'd never seen it before until it's only since coming back into the game. How have we not seen like the camp sing-alongs with Justin Melvy? This I, I want to see I'm that. So- like you know, I'm Justin Melvy, closer each day. I'm on Vanuatu. Well, like, come on. Well, the best, the best thing if we if we if we get Justin Melvy on this podcast, you know, he's going to have to pull out the guitar and, and give us a an he's acoustic a, version of something. He's got such a little wicked laugh. Just he's like him and Nicole's laugh this season. Great laugh. But I just want to see him around the campfire, like seeing the home and away thing, doing his like. <laughs> Let's closer each day, home and away. Like we're robbed of the Justin Milby camp sing along. I want to. I want the camp sing along of the Waltons, feature starring <laughs> bloody Justin Milby, or the bloody um uh the the guy leads doing that. I'm the best, the best. Or going back to last season with the Timmy the dog. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I seriously, I, I want the I want Channel Seven in the archives. If you're listening, if you've got the the unedited footage of Channel 7's Survivor Vanuatu, do we have Justin Melvey sing-along? Because, I mean, I we're robbed. Do you think Channel 7 still have the vault? Like, they've just got this vault of all the shows that they've had in the history of Channel 7. Surely. And they've got the unedited footage. Like, wouldn't that be a travesty to think that this just gets deleted off the cloud, basically? Oh, that, surely you know, not. Surely someone has it and it'll end up in a bloody garage sale in another 30 years' time, you know. Probably cleared it. Yeah, exactly. Imagine going like long to the Channel 7 fire sale and all of a sudden there there it is, like, you know, 58 VHS tapes of unedited footage of, of Survivor Van. I mean, wouldn't that, like, in all seriousness, that would be so much fun to get old footage of a Survivor season and be able to re-edit re-edit it like in a modern format to see yeah. what they would do. And even on the flip side, get a modern season and edit it in like an old school fashion. Like no one's ever going to do that. But like we talk about the Snyder cut for Justice League, like bring us the, the, the JLP cut of season two of Australian Survivor. i tell you what I would do. If I got to do that, I'd go back and I would just like edit the shit out of Ben Wynn and he'd just be in everything. Like <laughs> this guy would be like, Gosh, be no one's watching that. <laughs> Because he would have given a lot of confessionals. There's only two of them made them to air. But, like, it just would have been Ben Wynn all over. You're not editing a season of Survivor. You you edit Survivor like you play Survivor, Matt. Shit. So, um, (laughs) just just no. Um, But, yeah, like, kind of as you alluded to, like, there's a bit of drama in this tribal, but it's still epic. Like, I mean... I think that while we don't kind of have over-dramatic Channel 10, you know, and you're right, as you say, like, this is where it all happens, but I think kind of... It is tense. Like, we kind of get them coming back. And I think the fact that we don't know who's got votes is kind of cool. So I do like this kind of, we'll get the tie. It's inevitable. Nicole and, and Justin have two votes each. But then kind of the way Dicko is, like, counting past votes. Justin, you've got six. Nicole, including tonight's vote, you've got six. And then you've got the great, like, theme. And then everyone's like, oh. And then you've got the epic, you know, moment where kind of Dicko goes to the jury and then David gives a, like, throat sound, which, again, Modern Survivor, you, you're doing a revote. They they would, this is a sort of an element you're missing is a revote. Um, but Dicko then hands it over. The jury does decide. Uh, and then essentially, spoiler alert, we get a three-zip unanimous vote. Nicole is going home. Now, Got to ask you just on this. I sort of alluded to before. I, I I like this as kind of a fair way of deciding a tie rate. Like, do you think we should have had a rock draw? Do you think we should have just uh, had a fire building challenge? I mean, this was more the era of the fire building challenge because they sort of didn't revisit the rock draw until later on. But uh, I don't know. I, I like this. I'm I'm fine with this. I I don't know how you feel about this. 
Well, firstly, I'll say that I think they should have got a chance to plead their cases to the jury. Oh, yes, absolutely agree with that, for sure. Yeah, they never got to plead their case where Nicole could have said, well, she could have really pleaded to him, like, hey, I'm, I'm, I've never been voted out, you know, Justin has, and really sort of gone down that line. I've never, you know, lied, and I, don't know, I mean, David wouldn't have been happy with that because he lied to her, she lied to him, but... Um, I don't know. I think that that needed to happen. They need, and they could have fitted. I mean, it's not like they were short of time. They could have cut out plenty of crap out of the rest of the episode to to show a bit more at tribal and then plead, pleading their cases. And it would have been interesting to see what Justin's case would have been to stay. You know, um, so yeah, they they slipped up there. But yeah, it's a long tribal. Uh, just really quickly, just sorry to interrupt you again, but like it's it's an eleven minute tribal council. I think this is by far the longest we get. So yeah, I mean, a, a quarter of the episode is tribal council. I really don't know at this point what would have been the best option. I, I kind of like it in the end that the jury kind of get involved, but I don't know. The problem with this, the problem with this is Guy Leach and Justin Melby had both been out of the game. So they're at back at the hotel. They'd already spent time with Gabby in the hotel off camera. They'd already spent time off camera with Elton. Obviously not David because he was the last one to go. But that's So they're hanging around these people. During I don't know that that's where I don't like it now that now you're asking to put their vote on who stays it's almost like well of course they're gonna vote to keep to keep Justin in because they've been hanging they've been hanging they were yeah. hanging around him for a few days having 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 mojitos here's a question for you like I mean ultimately it could have ended up with the same outcome um, but it might not have. Do you think they should have done a Pearl Island style twist where the immunity challenge is them having a trivia challenge against the jury and the jury can win immunity, so therefore no one's immune. So therefore, like, that would have made it even more interesting, the fact that all four of them are vulnerable. So then you really have to work out, like, fuck, do I vote for Guy or Justin? Do I vote for Imogen and Nicole? Like, again, you've got every chance of one of them still winning immunity and and not, you know, kind of having that outcome. But at least you, you put that carrot there a little bit. Like, I don't know. Like, I think that could have made it a little bit interesting. I guess this is a problem with the twist of when they did it. There's so many things that could happen and did happen. And then you try to work out, well, what could we have done? I don't know. And this is the problem with when they did the twist, it keeps coming back to the timing of the twist and it leads into all this, this sort of shit where you're like, Oh, you know, like what, what could we have done? What should we have done to make it? And it doesn't, and again, if this twist is brought halfway through in the jury that you're not having the same things, are you? Because they can integrate yeah. themselves more in the tribe. And yeah, so again, this is the issue with, as you're right, the issue with the twist being this late and everything. But um, yeah, I mean, outside of David giving a great throat card, he, you hear his confessional here when he's uh, voting for uh, Nicole, where, what does he say? Like, this is the price of treachery. Like, great line from David when you see that. Um, and yeah, Nicole goes, I, I like the one thing I'll say about this. I really like, I love just Imogen here. Holy fuck. Like she's basically in tears. Her head, head is in her hands. It doesn't let up. I do love, um, Dicko's line when it's like your tribe and the jury have spoken. Although I do question Dicko here. It's now an individual game. You've been saying that at every tribal council now since the merge, mate. Like, come on. Um, but yeah, Nicole gone. The, the, the duo, the, the, what I've labeled the greatest, duo in Survivor history in Australia is is done. It's gone. That's it. Bye-bye, Nicole and Imogen. So, yeah. I love, the Dicko, I love that Dicko line of Survivors. When you can't do your own dirty work, someone does it for you. I mean, that to me is, that's a great line. 
Yeah, no, I agree. There's some great lines in this episode. There really is. But, um, I mean, we'll eulogise Nicole in a moment. But, uh, I mean, anything sort of to, to add before we look to the preview for next week and kind of what we, we go down here and sort of uh, Nicole just being voted out? Yeah, am I giving the final words, am I? No, no, just do you have any – oh, you, you can add that into it. I just thought if you've got anything to add here on just kind of how this all plays out. Oh, look, yeah, there's not much more to say. It's it's a weird sort of ending, but I'll say the final words. Uh, $5,000 to the Starlight Foundation. That was Nicole Dixon's charity. Nice little charity there. She just says she's disappointed in, in the jury's decision. Uh, she knows she got one vote for her betrayal, so obviously she knew that, you know, that David was was voting because because he, uh, he she betrayed him, um, and that she'd love to see Imogen in the final two because she deserves to win. So obviously, once again, you know, she's always going to be teaming up with with Imogen and wants to see her win. And just before we get to yeah the next week and eulogising Nicole, the Starlight Foundation for those who don't know uh, helps sick kids uh, while they're. Facing stress or serious illness, been doing it for thirty years. Starlight.org.au still exists. I feel like we should uh, go back and uh, go over all the other ones. We should give them all a plug, essentially, for the ones that we haven't. Maybe we'll remember to do that in our last episode uh, of this season. Um, but yeah, next week, just quickly, we uh, for once, Channel Seven doesn't ruin the outcome. Although there is kind of you do see them walking into trial. I'm sure if you freeze frame it and have a good enough quality version, you can probably see the immunity around uh, certain someone's neck next week. But um, yeah, I, I do kind of like sort of it's all about like Imogen's outnumbered. Can she do what she can do? And kind of you see a, a teaser for the challenge and everything. One thing I'll just quickly say before we more so preview what that episode will be shortly is that it's actually a shorter episode. I always think like a finale is always an hour and a half. It's only like a 50-minute finale. Like we actually only get about five minutes longer when we get to the finale. So it's interesting there. But, um, I mean, anything to talk about on the preview for next week before we eulogize Nicole? No, I, I was just going to say, yeah, I'm glad they didn't ruin anything. Um, yeah. That probably could have been the icing on the cake if they had. But uh, no, I, I, maybe that extra five minutes is of, of Guy Leach blowing up at the immunity challenge. That's probably where the extra oh, five minutes is. It's going to be fun for that one. I love it. But yeah, Nicole, like, I w- like as most people have this rewatch, really improved. And like, I've, I've always admired Nicole and always thought Nicole was a very strong chance to win. I think the first time I watched this, I obviously knew the results, but I think I always thought Nicole like maybe got third, like maybe she got further than she did one spot higher. But I think that while, yeah, Nicole's a very emotional player. She's not strategic. She sort of, you know, plays with the heart. Like, again, she's the type of player that wins this game. Like, you know, these type of players have won this game so many times. And Nicole is just so genuine. She is the female Lance. You know, you, you, not a bad word can be said about this woman. She is just fun. She's genuine. She just seems like a, a fun person to be around. She's always laughing. She's just loving life. Like, she gives her all. Like, every time she's in a challenge and clearly, like, she's not going to do well, she kind of, like, ah, like, laughs about it. Like, you know, she got laid out there on the island from a hubby for their uh, anniversary, which was nice. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, this is where I, I think we said in a few weeks ago where it's, like, anybody who meets Nicole Dixon is always going to be like, oh, Bobby from Home and Away. Like, I'm not. I'm going to be like it's Nicole from Survivor like I think I caught the end of her time on Home and Away like as I said a few times before but you know she she started in 1980 she started the year after I was born I wasn't watching Home and Away as a one-year-old so uh you know she was on on it for like five six years so for me she's always Nicole from Survivor um so yeah I look she's just she's a fun character she's not one of the best players on this season She's somebody who could have easily won this season. 
I could see her coming back just as kind of one of these ones that they bring her back for sort of the, the nice factor. She's like, if it's a hero's villain, she's 100% a hero. Um, she's kind of like Pia Miranda light. Like Pia Miranda's obviously got more of the strategic elements of it and sort of you would argue, and no offense to Nicole by this comment, knows more what she's doing out there. But it's kind of like that actress that no one's really against her and all that kind of stuff. So, And it's interesting with the whole actress card because Justin sort of hams it up a little bit with the actor card, I think, whereas... Nicole just seems like a genuine person who doesn't ever really play the actor card, does she? Like, that she can fake it. You know, like, P. Miranda's famous confession, which is like, I can put on the tears and everything because I'm an actor. Like, it'd be great to see Nicole do that, but I just don't see Nicole doing that because she's so genuine. So, I think she's a great human being. She she brought something to this season of Survivor, which was entertaining and was a clear threat of winning this game right to the end. If it's an Imogen Nicole Final 2 She's got every chance of winning this game. So, yeah, good on you, Nicole Dixon, the the, the second greatest Dixon to ever play Australian Survivor. <laughs> yeah, true, true. It's felt different, though, Ben. But come on. Uh, now, um, yeah, I don't really have much more to say, Ben. We've got, we got a finale coming up. Hopefully, You don't want to more... add anything about Nicole? You don't want to talk about Nicole? No, look, I think you summed it up perfectly. Like you said, she's not going to go down as the greatest player of all time, but you're right. She, was, she tried to play the game you know, without too much deceit and probably probably was what cost her in the end, you know, but um, she got did, outplayed. Did, in in, did in you, the end, she got outplayed. Did, just quickly, uh, and just to correct you, by the way, Dixon spelt the same. Uh, both Dixon, Robin, and Nicole had the same uh, D-I-C-K-S-O-N, so were you, ah. were you thinking something differently there? Um, but, I mean, just Maybe. do you... Do you have any, like, on this rewatch? Did I mean, have you ever had, sort of had, like, an opinion on Nicole? Like, did you like her more, sort of talking about it a bit more or sort of not really, didn't really change much? So I was thinking of Chris Chris Dixon. This felt oh, different. Oh, Chris got it. Yeah, hey, a different Chris, hey Chris Dixon. Shout out to Chris hey, Dixon. How you doing, Chris? Um, sorry, what was your question? I wasn't really listening. I was trying to work any, out the any, Dixon thing. It's all right. We've always got Chris Dixon on the mind. Um, any sort of opinions on, like, did you like her before this rewatch and liked her more or kind of your, your opinions of her didn't really change? Or No, look, I, I saw her in Home and Away. I was obviously young, but probably the last couple of years of her being in Home and Away, so I definitely knew who she was. Um, yeah, look, she she's a nice person. It's what you expected, I guess. She's a mother. She's been married. At that point, she'd been married to the same guy for 16 years. As far as I know, she's still married still is, to the I think, same still with him. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, like she's, she's a, she's a mum. she's a, a wife, you know, she's, she's obviously had a, had a good career when she was younger in acting and she's, she's now obviously not doing acting, but, um, yeah, look, she's just a nice person and, Someone that I hope, really hope we get on the show because it would be interesting. Well, what I'm interested to know about, like, from her being the face of Home and Away in the 80s and being so well-known to then all of a sudden in 2006 playing this game of Survivor. Um, yeah, and just just to know what that meant to her, you know, to, to play this game that she doesn't probably look like the type that had done a lot of camping in her life and stuff. So that's what I hope we get her on for, just to find out what that part of her life, you know, being on a reality show is because I'm sure she always gets, everyone wants to talk to her about her time and home and away, you know, for what last 40 years. Which so is this what time I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. It gives her a chance to talk about something else she did, you know, that was also on TV. Because she hasn't, I mean, according to IMDb at least, she hasn't acted since 2006 when she was on in a movie called Wishbone. Um, and any appearance, Great like movie. she was, I've never heard of it. So No, uh, nor have I. No, I thought you were going to say, like, Ben, you've never heard of, you've never seen Wishbone, like that great Leonardo DiCaprio quote. Um, But according to this, so she hasn't even appeared on anything since uh, she was on the Endless Summer, 30 Years of Home and Away documentary. But, like, this is the thing where I think 
yeah, and we'll say this right now. We, we haven't gotten a hold of Nicole, but we are holding out hope. So we, we are sincerely hoping that we will have her on next week. Because I think, like, yeah, just going what you said, this is something that I feel she'll get a phone call or an email. I want to do an interview. Oh, for fuck's sake, I'm not talking about Home and Away again. I've moved on. But it's like, no, we're talking to you about Survivor. Like, oh, okay. Like, because, again, this is something that she just would be labelled with her entire life is Bobby from Home and Away. And, like... I sure great home and away Bobby cool but I'll be completely honest with you I don't give two shits about her as Bobby on home and away I really don't give a shit I I want to talk to her about Survivor like I I've I've done I've interviewed many home and away actors over the years about their time on home and away sure it's got its its moments I I watched the show in like five years I say I saw a trailer for it the other day and God the acting I didn't say the acting was Academy Award winning but Jesus it's gotten worse like they're just literally <laughs> hiring like blocks of wood who have got abs and boobs even more so than they used to back in the day like Jesus Christ I'm sure if I had a better rig I probably would get in home and away my acting skills would be better but um yeah no I I to me Nicole Dixon great you're Bobby from home and away don't give a shit about that to me you're Nicole from Survivor so fingers crossed Next week, you will see the words Nicole Dixon interview here on Australian Survivor Archives because she's these, one of these ones that I think if we can track her down, I feel she'll say yes. So uh, that, that that's the confidence inside Ben Waterworth today, Matt. All right, I need you to be the bloodhound then. You're, I'm, I'm passing the bloodhound over to you. And yeah, the only bloodhound I'm letting you dig up is Ben when you haven't done it. But I, you're, you're, you're on dicko duty. You're, you're the sweet-talking dicko this season because I've done my work <laughs> for that. So uh, yeah, I'm handing over the dicko reins to you. But, uh, yeah, we'll obviously see how we're going for, for Nicole next week. Just want to add um, sort of as we sort of wrap up and obviously look ahead to the finale. Well, just quickly on the finale, if we don't have Nicole, obviously we'll go straight into the finale next week. And... It's not last season. It's it's not the epicness of the finale. Uh, but we we do get a very interesting moment with Guy Leach and Dicko, like one of the most most honest sort of reactions you'll ever get on this show, which is great. I feel like I would edit that out on Modern Survivor. Um, you know, the closest final tribal will get to your season. And the only season without well, actually, no, it's not tribal, but say the only season without a reunion. We we obviously have a couple of seasons without reunions, but it feels a bit odd. It's it's one of these ones that does feel a bit rushed the way it ends. Uh, I will say that, but um, it's a it's a it's a fine finale. It's it's not going to stand out on top as you know if we rank the finales. I don't know if this comes across in the top few, but um, it's got some moments. I mean, I don't know if you've watched it yet, but uh, I mean, any just quick thoughts on on the finale just uh, ahead of uh, that possibly being next week's episode as well. So no, I've only watched the finale once before, and that was a few years ago. So. Um, I'll watch it during the week and take some notes. And I, yeah, but I, I do obviously remember, remember that, that epic Dicko and, and Guy issue they have during a challenge. So definitely looking forward to talking about that. That's bullshit, mate. That's bullshit. Nah, nah, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. Um, before we wrap up, uh, one thing that we've been very bad podcast hosts about doing, and I, I apologize profusely to Cable if you are listening. We uh, have just like we did in the first season, uh, gotten a hold of some custom-made buffs to celebrate this season. And when I say buffs, that's just the actual, what we call the piece of headwear, of course. They're not buff brand before anybody shuts us down. But due to the great people at Headskins, Cable has arranged to get some, uh, I guess, replica Australian Survivor Season 2 buffs made for each of the tribes. And they look fantastic. I'm wearing the Tanner one right now, although we do question the redness of it. It should be salmon pink, but, uh, you know, that's a, that's a topic for another day. And Cable has been asking us all season to plug these and get them out there. We have not plugged them at all, so I feel terrible. I'm sorry, Cable. But if you do want to buy yourself one, and I believe same price as we had the Aurora ones, 20 bucks for a buff, 
uh, you know, obviously not an official buff, but just kind of like a nice little makeshift souvenir from this season. Shoot us a message on social media. Say you're interested in buying one and we can definitely hook you up. And I think we'll come up with, uh, in the final couple of weeks, we'll come up with a prize, a competition. I think we obviously gave some away during the first season. So we'll try and do that again for this season as well. We'll talk to Cable about that. But um, I mean, they're great. Like I, I'm wearing the Tanner one right now. Got the Moso one as well. Uh, and uh, the, what's the other trial? I've gone blank on the Cooler. I love the Cooler. I love the orange. I love the orange buffs. God, look at me. Bad historian going blank on the uh, blank on the names, but uh, yeah, they're, they're they're great. They're great quality. They look fantastic, and uh, yeah, we, we'd like you to own one. So shoot us a message, uh, and uh, you can own one. And we've actually, I think, still got some Aurora buffs floating around too. If you want to uh, get an Aurora one from last season, because we're not too sure if we're going to do something for the Channel Ten ones. It's a little bit tricky. I, I'd like to think we can. I'd like already to already got one, can- Ben. Well, just shut up, Mister. I've played Survivor. I haven't, so you know, I've got my fake replica one that I got made in Canada, which kind of sort of holds up. But I've, uh, I've actually got two. I've actually got. Oh two. well, look at you, Mister. I've got two buffs. Thanks. <laughs> only thanks to AK. Well, I gave it to my nephew, but it's thanks to AK. That's a story. Well, lucky freaking da, Matt Dyson. You got voted yeah. out first. Um, <laughs> but you still got the buffs. Um, but, yeah, hit us up for those, and we'll see what we do for Channel 10. Also, as well, uh, the reunion for Season 1 is getting very close. Obviously, we're keeping an eye on the current situation uh, around the country right now. <laughs> Might just be a boys' weekend for Matt and I hanging out a whale's way at this point, being in two states right now that are kind of, uh, you know, okay. But uh, we'll see how that goes. There'll be something happening with that. So ultimately, too, if you want to donate to that, uh, hit us up for that. We can uh, we can let you know how to do that as well. I, I, sorry, I'm just laughing to myself. If it, if it ends up just being me and you because of COVID, I'm gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna reenact the the scene of the breaking the bread. Yep. I'm gonna be sit. I'm just gonna be sitting there in my jocks. You're gonna wear your lobster. It's well, we're gonna reenact. You bloody splurged at fucking Port Lincoln. You've got yep. yourself a suite on top. Like you're there going, like, oh, come to my room and all that kind of stuff. So I'm yeah, I'm bloody expecting that. Come on, Mister yeah. Port Lincoln Penthouse. Uh, you, know, you know, I've got to live in. I'm a, a, a high flyer. I got to live in style, Ben. That's just how I, I roll. I, will, I I've booked my own room. Cables there going like, hey, like let's share a room, and I'm like. Nah, I'll be good. I'll get my own room. Thank you, Cable. Uh, <laughs> don't fart and burp in the middle of the night. But, uh, yeah, that's that's still coming. There'll be something happening with that too. But we're at the point again, Matt. We're, we've obviously down to one more episode recap of this season. The last time we will ever do a solitary episode recap. Well, that's not true. I think we've... Uh, we said we'll do the premiere and the finale of the Channel Ten ones, and all the other ones will lump together potentially. But um, yeah, this is uh, this is really exciting because we're at that point of the 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 season of ASA where uh, it's all meat, no potatoes, basically. It's all the the juicy steak moving forward from this point. Elton's loving it. Elton's going through. They actually didn't even mention this episode when Justin Melby's going on about the reward, about all the steak and the lobster. Fucking Elton's watching this, going, ah, boo! I missed out on this. Oh, he was eating bloody Morton Bay bug and crab back at the hotel. It's, it, don't, don't worry about Elton. He was doing all right for himself. Um, do we have a live audience next week for the finale like we did in season one? We sadly don't. We can create our own live audience. Maybe we'll do a live watch along. Have <laughs> Chris yes, Dixon yeah. show up and match up. Yeah. Um, speaking of things to do, what are we playing out to today, Matt? I don't know if we've uh, really come up with something. Well, do I have it, to go back no, to the RH chart of 2006? Well, or? you know what? I've been thinking about this and I thought, and I think you'll agree with me and, and our listeners. It's time to bring back, bring back Holly Valance. Oh, now you talk, wow! You Bringing out up, the big guns. You talked up her second album or something. State of mind. Al- State of mind. Yeah, I think 
You've talked it up earlier in the season for those okay. following along. It's Any time for some Holly Any excuse to play Valance. State of Mind by Holly Valance, one of the most underrated pop songs in Australia. This is a song that I feel that nobody remembers. You talk about not remembering this season of Survivor. Like, if you went up to anybody in the street, name me three Holly Valance songs, State of Mind is... Ne- I reckon people would struggle to name one, let's be honest. But uh, you're not going to name State of Mind. It's a brilliant song. I would love to see Holly Valance. Valance in the in a future like modern day survivor with this you know where they get these celebrity like champions versus contenders or something um because she's she's not doing too much these days is she Didn't I mean she who, marry somebody really famous and she's like uh, living probably. in Hollywood like since she I, I swear oh. she so the last time I heard from Holly Valance there was like a um a dance track probably four or five years ago it was some DJ and it was like featuring Holly Valance and it was a pretty good song um but. I'm pretty sure she married someone famous. I thought she married like a, a and she's kind of like you know living the Hollywood lifestyle with that. But um, no, I, she she I, I'm with you. I bring her back on like I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here or freaking SAS whatever it's called. Um, she needs to be back on TV in Australia. That's for sure. I mean she's she's more than what's her face Roxy. Sorry for mentioning that name on this show again. But uh, Jesus Christ, how is Hollywood answer not a thing anymore? And that woman is. Um, we've had a lot of fun covering this episode. Let's close it out with State of Mind by Holly Valance. Oh, actually, hang on. Before we do confessionals, I didn't do that. Um, Imogen got seven this week, five apiece to Nicole and Justin, and only three to Guy. And also, actually, one thing that I... Uh, the forums were going off. They, they were not liking this season. Everyone's cheering for Imogen to win. They're all sad that David's gone, uh, just to kind of update on what people's feeling. But actually, one thing I wanted to read here. Uh, somebody copied and pasted an article from the, the Courier-Mail... TV guide about the reaction to last week and how David apparently it was a I wish I had read this a week ago so I could have brought this up to David so I'm going to read this out to you it was all a game in the name of charity when Dixon Nicole became the fourth last contestant to be voted off and she was meant to be driven to a resort for a shower and then taken to Port Villa finest restaurant with the other previous evictees Gabrielle Elton and David the politician she'd helped vote out days before. But he wanted nasty revenge. The three formed a jury to decide who would be evicted, either Guy Leach, Justin Melvie, Imogen or Dixon. Oldfield believed the latter had betrayed him. He eyeballed her at Tribal Council just after sunset, ran a throat, cutting finger across the neck, blah, 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 blah. The crew and producers weren't impressed. Glances were exchanged and heads shook. 20 minutes later, Dixon tried to climb into the people mover with Oldfield and company. She mentioned how she was looking forward to a real dinner. We haven't booked for you spat Oldfield. The others said nothing and looked away, and Dixon instead retreated and ate cheap Chinese from the crew buffet that night. His behaviour towards Nick was inexcusable, Bailey said this week. It was completely unnecessary. While he apologised later, it was not the way adults behave. It was a game, and he has to remember that. And to actually exclude someone going to dinner and to speak to them like that, I think is truly, utterly inexcusable. It made me really angry. Oldfield was later unrepentant. He'd struck an alliance with Bailey and Dixon, but they had been convinced by Leach and Melvie that he was up to no good, and they switched sides. What Nicole and Imogen did was stupid and deceitful, he said. They made the foolish error of believing I was going to betray them. So, I mean, is this true? Is David Oldfield <laughs> kicking out Nicole of the people mover and going, it. you go eat your dodgy Chinese while we eat meal? I don't, I don't oh, believe this. <laughs> I love it. What do you reckon she had a Mongolian beef and a honey chicken or something? What do you- I, I, I feel this is just courier mail clickbait from 2006. Yeah. But, um, China, I mean, oh, it's funny, br- but yeah. Anyway, we needed to, bring to that know up. that last. We needed to know that last week. I know, I know. Sorry about that. I didn't do my research. Anyway, let's try this again. Let's let's <laughs> speak to you next week. Here's state of mind. I don't know if it's still playing. I have no idea how the editing works of this. Uh, my name is Ben, and I'm going to go break bread with myself. 
My name's Matt Dyson, and I've got a Christmas special to watch, to watch the Waltons. Christmas special. Let it. <laughs> See you, boys. You don't need hang around. Without a doubt, like, he's played the game really well. Oh, he's oh, like, oh, oh, oh. Cut above the. Totally. If he, if he won the whole thing, you'd have to say, pat him on the back and go, mate, <laughs> you're the king. No one wants a snake to win Survivor. Whoever's not up front and pulls any tricks is not going to win because the jury are not going to vote for that person. I'll back in with Justin, you back in with you guys. Yeah. We know we're going to vote. Yeah. You don't need to talk. Yeah. There is no bullshit. And you know what? You guys win, I'll pat you on the back and I'll be the first one to congratulate you and I'm happiest for you because you know what? We know where we stand. Guy sat down with uh, with Nick and I and, and just laid his cards out on the table and said he wants to play from an even playing field and from an, an honest place. You know, it's I just don't know if it's gonna work till the end though. I'd like to think that it would, but I don't I'm not hundred percent sure it's gonna play out that way. What's up, Justin? We love Dave Aaron, but he's just been pulling too many strings, that's all. Right, and so it's just Happy campers all the way to the end now. Yep. We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> We're on the bucket, mate. OK, happy campers, let's get on with it. <laughs> happy campers, are you ready? <laughs> then begin. Well, someone's going to drop it before the other, so there will be a winner. <laughs> Justin, bad luck. Guy, you win rewards. <laughs> I didn't really want to go for another 30 minutes. It was just a ploy to basically try to crack him and break him so that, uh, you know, he might give up first. Come on, he goes to the volcano. <laughs> Off you go. Back to camp, darling. See ya. We knew that something more cruel was around the corner, but it would take a lot more than this to break me now. <laughs> I'm here by myself at Tanner. Can you believe it? What a classic. The volcano for me was like, um, the most amazing and when I'm 80 years old and, and I probably would have had a list this long of things that I wish I had have done, it will now be this long. <laughs> hey, survivors. I'm not fucking leaving. We start tonight with a toast to the lady. Yep. She's on her own in your camp. Nicole. 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 Here he comes, that mighty mouse, coming to vanquish the foe with a mighty blow. We know guys got four, and then he had, now he's got five, so we'll win if we go in a tight situation with him. I think Nick's got more votes against him than Imogen. Yeah. Four beautiful bets. The number of the day is four. Today's challenge we've called the Battle of Vanuatu. Let the Battle of Vanuatu begin. Oh, oh, he's, oh, 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 close, but no cigar. Guy Leach wins immunity. By not taking Guy out, I helped him hand him Guy immunity. Go! Survivors, welcome oh, to Tanner. Do come and break bread with me.